Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. On this episode of The Art of Badassery, I welcome intuitive coach Misty Lucas to the show. Misty shares her expertise in helping heart-centered women align their businesses with their purpose and joy, drawing from her experience with chronic illness and stress. Along with her passion for nature and community, Misty emphasizes the importance of slowing down and understanding one's nervous system to gain clarity and take inspired action towards one's goals. She also shares her journey as a caregiver and how her illness prompted her to prioritize self-care. Our conversation delves into things like self-compassion, embracing the inner critic, along with insights on mindfulness, dreaming big, and vulnerability. Listen for valuable takeaways on living a badass life that's aligned with your true desires. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Badassery. Today, we have an extraordinary guest joining us, Misty Lucas. Misty is an intuitive coach and advocates for heart-centered women that are seeking to create a successful business aligned with their purpose and one that's filled with joy. Having personally experienced chronic illness and stress, Misty understands the challenges of finding balance and staying focused on one's dreams, and even the difficulty of sometimes letting them go. She knows what it feels like to be trapped in a career that fails to fulfill you, and one where you struggle with not living up to your true potential. However, Misty firmly believes designing a career and life you genuinely love is possible, and she's here to show us how. As a coach, Misty works closely with her clients, helping them gain clarity, focus, and a willingness to take action. She helps them create a business roadmap that aligns with their purpose, values, and passions. She understands that mindset blocks and limiting beliefs can often hold us back, and she empowers her clients to overcome these obstacles. Through personalized coaching programs, Misty provides the tools, support, and the guidance needed to take inspired action towards their goals. But her work extends beyond coaching. She is a nature lover who finds solace and inspiration surrounded by the beauty of her 23-acre wooded home. She's shared her wisdom as an executive contributor to Brains Magazine and has been featured in Womled Magazine. Additionally, she organizes in-person experiences that embody the power of rest, connection, and the ability we each possess to create the lives we truly desire. Join us as we dive into Misty's unique blend of skills and knowledge, exploring how to break free from the chronic stress that keeps us stuck and disconnected from our dreams. So whether you're just starting or looking to take your business to the next level, Misty Lucas will guide you towards a life and a business that feels authentic, fulfilling, and designed entirely by you. How good is that? So happy to have you here joining us, Misty. Welcome. Thank you, Mahara. I'm so excited to be here. It's so amazing. 
I think it's uh we noticed today that it's been, you know, a year since you had me on your podcast when I was just starting out. So I love that you're able to to help me with mine. Misty, you've been through a lot. And I want to open this this conversation by asking you to share with us why it is that you're not surprised that you are where you are at today. Earlier, we talked about it. And I'm wondering if you can share with those listening um, sort of the, the roadmap that got you here, because it's really very interesting and very telling. Um, I don't know if I would say I'm not surprised. I, I think that I do reflect often about how I, where I am and how I'm showing up in the world. But I do believe that it was a path designed for me to take. So at a young age, my mom was, my mom is schizophrenic and she was diagnosed when I was very young. And my dad had uh, multiple sclerosis, which he had prior to me even being born. And so very, very young age, I became a caretaker. My parents divorced when I was five and with my mom's mental health issues, it was really my mom and my sister and I, and she needed a lot of support. And I have memories of being really young and her not being able to get out of bed due to her mental health stuff. And I remember like there's this clear image, which, and I'm going to share this just because it's so clear for me. And I must've been like seven years old and we lived in this apartment and my mom wouldn't get out of bed. She was like sobbing and she was very upset. And I remember sitting on the bed with her saying to her, it's going to be okay, mom. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get there. And I was seven. And for whatever reason, that came through me. And so I think that I've always been on a path of being a caregiver, which just sort of is how I grew up. And I sort of continued to take that role on in the relationships I had, in the jobs that I sought out and the career path that I took. And it just all sort of ran on that idea of being a caregiver, people pleaser, helping people, staying calm when things were chaotic and but I also believe that that living that way made me sick. And then I got rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my mid thirties and everything stopped. So it was at that point that it was like a re-examination of my life and how I treated myself because I was, there was no part of me that was in that whole exploration of caregiving. I didn't care for myself in a way that was healthy. I lived on adrenaline, on stress and other people's problems. How can I fix it? What can I do? And ultimately I crashed and um, that, that was the pivot for me of now I need to slow it all down. And what does that look like? And it was hard. It was very, very hard. By no means was it easy. Um, I resisted, I resisted, I resisted. And um, I just couldn't resist anymore. My physical body wouldn't let me. So, yeah. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I think, I think it's so interesting that many of us adopt um, modalities that we think are serving us and they are serving us on some level, but there does come a time to your point where your body just can't take it anymore because um, our body has memories, right? Our body knows everything. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for many of us in, in this world is that we don't kind of have that connection until it hits rock bottom and we, we're forced to look at it. I'm curious though, as you were growing up with this idea that I'm the caregiver, I'm the fixer, I'm going to make put everybody first. Do you know what it was that 
is that how that was serving you? Like, what was the feeling that you were getting from being that person? It began very young. Uh, I would say that it created safety because I was in control and it created safety. My family would stay together. If I made sure everything was okay, then I, you know, I wouldn't be taken away from my mom. Uh, my, you know, everybody would see that we were okay. We were functioning. We were functioning. I use air quotes because we clearly were not, but it created this sense of safety and security that nothing would change if I just kept it together. If I held everything together. Fair enough. I think that that a lot of people that are listening are going to be able to resonate with that. We may not know why we're doing something until we're older, we can look back, but there's always a reason why, why we're bringing things into our, into our world. Um, I'm curious though, as you navigated your way through your thirties, when you got ill, how did you tackle that with your beginning to understand that you needed to do something different? Like what was, what was the driving force of your change and your, your thought process in that moment? Well, it was, I was still, like I said, resistant when I went off work, like I immediately went off work. I knew something had to change, but it was, I still went into fight mode. I was ready to fight my way through this illness. Like in my mind, it was like, now it's a battle for my health. And that did not serve me, but I, that's how I approached it. And then it came to a point where I actually was just laying on the couch crying every day. I couldn't do anything. And I finally went to a yoga class. I had been a yoga practitioner for years and years, um, like hot yoga, very like vinyasa flow. How many chaturangas can I do? Can I stand on my head? Like very challenging, push my body to the brink. That was how I liked my yoga. So, but finally I couldn't do anything. So I went to a yoga class and I just met this beautiful yoga teacher. And she said, like sharing with her what I couldn't do and should I really be here? And she just said, Misty, if you lay on your mat and breathe, you're doing yoga. And in that moment, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you're so full of shit, but I've got nothing left to lose. So I did it and I left feeling so much better. It was being in the silence and just laying there breathing created a spaciousness. Like I was no longer feeling this contraction that I'd been feeling for so long there was this glimmer of spaciousness that I was like, there's something here. And that started me to realize I needed to actually slow down and let my body rest and take care of me and let go of needing to take care of everybody around me and just allowing myself to be in the moment. Like stop cleaning the house because I'm not working. Stop doing all these things because I'm not working. And that was really the beginning. And then I started seeking restorative yoga, ways to rest mindfully, ways to... And that just sort of started my journey, my like sort of getting curious and playing with it. And then I did a 200 hour yoga training for me. And that just like blew the doors open. That was it. I was done. So, yeah. Um, so interesting that this idea of slowing down to move, to move forward in your life. Um, and it can be, I know when I first heard that concept, I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I was taught. I was taught if I want something, I have to go for it. Like you bust, bust through the feelings and just do it at all costs and get her done, baby. And, you know, that idea of I will feel worthy when I have accomplished. 
So I totally resonate with this, with what your comment about wanting to clean the house if you're not working. Well, I have to do something. I can't just sit here. But the truth is, we can just sit here. Um, I was just finished a retreat and we read, I read this poem and I should have pulled it up, but it's this beautiful poem. It's made its way through, you know, social media. And it talks about our struggle, this person's struggle with his head and his heart are fighting all the time. The head is thinking is, is the ego and the heart is thinking about what's going to happen in the future. And really the gut just says to, says to him, you know what, you need to hang out with your lungs because your lung, your lungs are all about the breath. And when you can just be so present in the moment that you are literally just thinking about and experiencing the miracle of breathing, everything else quiets. It's such a beautiful poem. And that's, you made me think of it when you shared that story. So you are a, a trained yoga restorative practitioner. You bring that into your coaching. What else do you bring into your coaching? Um, I really bring into my coaching. So I love restorative yoga. I love the idea of slowing down. But what I really loved about it when I went through all of my trainings was understanding our nervous system and understanding that when we're activated and how our thoughts activate our nervous system and how we, if, if we're living in this high alert, we're actually missing all of opportunities that surround us because we're narrowing our vision. It's this fight or flight is probably what a lot of people have heard because um, I think it's becoming a much more popular term. It's this idea of like when we go into that activation of the, the sympathetic nervous system, we actually are closing our eyes into seeing the opportunities that surround us. But when we slow down, it's this idea that we're opening our viewpoint. We're able to see what we can accomplish and where we want to go more clearly. So I really work with people like with the women that I work with, it's about let's slow it all down and take a moment and reconnect to the essence of who you are. What is it that you truly want? Because that message gets lost as we get older. That message is layered upon layered of the identities that we carry. You know, I'm a mom first, I'm a wife, I'm a CEO, I'm whatever. We put all these identities on and we lose where our dreams are, what our dreams actually were and how we want to show up in the world or how we want to be in service. So for me, I start, my starting point is to like help them slow it down and start to tune into what's your nervous system doing, what's activating it and tools to be able to come out of it, to be able to come into the parasympathetic nervous system, to breathe and to tune in and to feel into their bodies and notice, well, is this really right for me? So I really start there so that they can then create the vision of what they want. Have there been any big surprises with your with your clients when they do this? I imagine yes, but I'm just curious if you could share anything, some feedback on how, on the type of transformations or the type of experiences that these clients are feeling when they learn how to slow down and then ask themselves those beautiful questions about what it is that I want. I think the most surprising thing I find with clients. So I had I do some inner child work um, with clients, and I had one client who. She just had no idea that she had been so disconnected from her inner child. And from that experience, she was just like, you just blew my mind and opened the doors to see how I had been judging myself for so long. And now she, I think her feedback was, and now I just hug my inner child and let her know it's all okay. 
before I take the next step. So, so powerful. I love that you brought up this idea of judgment because when I, and for those of you that don't know, Misty and I were in a, we're in the same um, coaching course. We, we took a long, a year long session, a year long course to be certified as mastery method coaches. And when we came upon the module that was around judgments, I was so obnoxiously naive about judgments. I'm like, what? I don't judge people. Well, maybe a little bit me, but when I went through it, I was really quite floored. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I live in judgment of myself. How did I make it to mid fifties being so mean to me? Right. How did I get here with, with those, with the, and for me, I wasn't even aware that I was being so judgmental. So I'd love it if you'd share with us a little bit about this idea from your perspective of the, the poison that is judgments, mostly on ourselves. I talk a lot about, like I just did a workshop yesterday, yesterday on procrastination. And we, I brought in self-compassion, really, because I think that that is something we're not good at. If we procrastinate, we flip into judgment. I should, I should do this. I should do that. Um, my husband has a joke because I often walk around when I hear him saying that and I said, stop shooting on yourself, right? Like we just don't need to have that judgment. But what I often talk about is the inner critic, which I think everybody can relate to. Everybody has that voice that has opinions about what we're doing and, and really sort of getting cozy with it. I think was my first mentor talked to me about getting cozy on the love seat with it and actually spending time and diving in as what is, why is the inner critic there? What is it trying to tell you or do for you? And what is the intention of the criticism? So spending time with it, as opposed to ignoring it or buying into it. So it's not about buying into what it tells you. And then to just like, for me, it's like hand to heart, hand to heart and be like, thank you. Thank you for showing up and I'm okay. Right. Allowing that inner critic to have its voice, but also to know that I don't have to buy into it or buy into the judgment that I'm giving myself and to be able to just hold the space and then move forward. Right. Knowing like sort of like an integration of what that voice is saying and taking it for what it is, but also moving forward without judging, without having that fear or that judgment of self and being able to just have that self-compassion and say, I'm doing it. I'm going to be OK. I've got this. So, so powerful. And yet it can be very, very difficult because to your point, well, for speaking personally, I spent, you know, 56 years ignoring that little voice. Well, maybe, maybe 50, because I didn't, I don't think I started with the inner critic until I was a little bit older, but we are so, for the most part, we have gotten into the habit of I'm not dealing with you to your, we either believe it. Yes, I'm an idiot, but I just don't want to deal with it. Or we just ignore it totally. But really, and I agree with you 100%, the only way to break free from it is to show it some love and, and to give it the voice, like to give it space and to listen to it. And it may seem a little woo-woo or wackadoodle for those that have never done it. But honestly, the power in putting hand on heart and just saying, I hear you, it's okay. That's interesting. Tell me more. All about what's going on in your head. It's incredibly powerful. It is incredibly powerful. And I think what's so important, and I love that you touched on it, is there's nothing wrong with it if you can put it in perspective and understand why it's there and how it can serve you. It really is. Um, it's like breaking free from these chains. 
uh, I was listening to a podcast with Gabby Bernstein just today, actually, where she shares a session that she's having with her therapist um, dealing with the inner critic. She calls it, you know, it's, it's the parts, the, the family parts that she's got. And it was incredibly powerful. So I love that you do that with your clients as well. What's been your biggest aha as an entrepreneur? Just switching gears for a moment, because I really, we're both entrepreneurs and I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing, but I'm curious from a business point of view, can you share with us what you've learned? What's been one of the biggest ahas for you as you've been on this journey of entrepreneurship? Um, I would say that it can be really isolating. That, that, that it's been really isolating. It can be isolating. And that for me, it taught me to be vulnerable and to reach out and to make connection. And whether that's having my own coach, whether that's building relationships with other coaches or other entrepreneurs so that I have that, that connection, that feedback. I have a woman that for years, I, we were partners in believing and we would meet up. That sort of, we've paused it for a bit because summer's here, but we really would connect and be together once a week. Like what's going on? What do you got on your plate? So that I had that connection and wasn't feeling like I was all alone. So it really taught me to be vulnerable and to listen to those parts of me and to reach out for support and to help and that it's not meant for me. It, entrepreneurship isn't meant to be a lonely journey. Um, even if you are working alone, it's, it's meant to, you've meant to build your community around it. Yeah, I think community, I've always felt that community was so paramount to me. We are, I believe, spiritual beings having a human existence. People will hear me say that all the time. And part of being human is that need to connect. And I think that's why so many of us struggle because we are pretending so much. It's hard to connect with a pretense. It's easier to connect, believe it or not, when you are being vulnerable, because that's when people relate to you. They're like, oh my God, I feel that way too. You know, for years I worked for a health and wellness company and we had group sessions and it was so clear the power in a group conversation, the power of knowing that you're not alone, regardless of what your challenge is or whether you don't have a challenge, you just want to be, you just want to feel connected. So, so powerful. So to everybody that's listening or to anyone that's listening that feels really alone, know that you're not, that there's always help for you. Reach out to friends, reach out to family, listen to podcasts, you know, get a coach if, if that's what, if that's what calls you. But we are human beings that want to feel connection for sure, even with our fur babies. And I'm just chuckling inside because her dog just barked and I had to put my dog out in his little, in her bed. So she wouldn't bark because it's hard for me to take barking out of my podcast, but we love our fur babies so much. And truly those of us that have animals know that they give us such unconditional love. Um, I think it's interesting that sometimes we just stop there because it hurts too much to look for that unconditional love with other humans so that we just, we kind of give up on that and just pour it all into animals but it is absolutely possible to have that with other humans as well. Um, Misty, is it safe for you to take yourself off mute? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, you know, this, this podcast is called The Art of Badassery. And my goal is that every woman listening or every person listening for that matter, recognizes that they're badass just because they don't have to prove themselves. Um, you know, hand on heart, just take a deep breath and say, I matter. And you're on your way to being fully badass. 
I'm curious though, what does being a badass mean to you? And and why are you badass? I would say, what does it mean to me? I would say that it is being able to wholly and fully accept yourself as you are and to really just show up and shine your light and not get stuck in the loop of what are other people thinking about me. And I think for me, I'm badass because I've really embraced this idea of radical rest. I have embraced this idea of I need to rest. I'm going to rest. And nobody's going to tell me that that's not okay. And so setting really good, strong, healthy boundaries around what's going to work for me. So I always, always hand to heart. Is this something I can commit to right now? Or is it going to be pushing me to a level of it's too much? So I do a really internal search. So I feel like my badassery comes from I check in with me before I overcommit, before I do something. I make sure I get the rest that I need. I tune into my body and I listen to my own needs first. And I used to think that was selfish. I used to think that that's not okay. And now it's like, no, that's actually badass because I'm showing up my brightest and lightest self when I take care of me first. I want to just give you a high five for that because <laughs> I struggle with this idea of restorative well, you said rest, radical rest. And I still struggle with that. Um, just the other day, I had nothing to do. And it was hard for me to not pick up the phone and scroll. Um, I knew I didn't want the housework. I knew that, like that was okay. But I still felt that I needed to be reading something or listening to something or, or you know, take, I have, oh my God, I have to take the dogs for a walk. Well, I actually didn't. They'd only, they'd recently been for a walk. But it is something that I too struggle with. So what is it that you say to yourself when you catch, if you catch yourself into that old habit of go, go, go? What's your what's your number one self-talk sentence, shall we say? Uh, if, if, if I'm in that, well, first off, I'll notice if it's a distraction. So if I'm trying to distract myself, I'll be like, am I just trying to find something to do because I need to distract from what I'm, what's going on in my life? And then Really, it's just like I tune in and I notice, am I tired? I very much follow Kate Northrup and uh, this year have been working on following the cycles of the moon, which are tied to my cycles. So I'm really in tune to, do I need a little extra rest right now? And um, I ask myself that. And when I catch myself, because I have caught myself, it is a practice. It's a practice. I mean, I look at life as a practice. So everything I do is a practice. But I did catch myself a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I need to work out. I need to work out. It's my workout day. And then I went downstairs and I'm like, no, I need to rest. And I just laid and I did a 20 minute Shavasana. Like I just laid there and I just let myself rejuvenate. And then I was able to get through the day without the workout. Like I didn't have to push my body. So I do catch myself, but it's how I do it is by checking in. Do I really need to do this right now? like asking myself because if I'm feeling the put if I'm feeling like I'm pushing to do something that's my cue to ask do I really need to do this I love that you brought up this check it in not only with yourself mentally but with yourself physically because we I mentioned earlier somatic work is all about recognizing that your body has all the answers right it's also got it holds the questions the answers the fear the happiness the joy so what I'm hearing Misty is really you have learned to ask, to get very clear with yourself. Why am I doing this? How am I feeling? What do I need? 
And I'm curious, was there ever a time when you asked the question and you didn't have the answer to the what do I need? Uh, I think I've always had the answer of what do I need in the moment? I mean, if I'm looking at a bigger perspective, sometimes I might not have the answer, but what I do is I just become present. I, I, I love the breath. The breath is like my go-to, it's hand to heart. Feel it, my chest rise and fall with my inhale and exhale. And it's like, I will know what I need in that very moment. And that's enough right here, right now. That's all I need to know. That is so key is understanding. And it's why mindfulness has become such a buzzword. And so many of us practice it is when you are fully mindful, then there is no worry about yesterday. There is no fretting about what's going to happen tomorrow. So it's almost like giving ourselves permission, going back to my idea of just breathing. You mentioned it as well. The breath is so, so important. So very honest answer. I like that because I think there's a, mis a misunderstanding maybe that when people are on a journey of self-discovery and they feel enlightened that they've got it, like, oh, you're good now, right? You got it. You're good now. And that is just not true, people. It is just, it's constant, right? You learn one thing and you're like, okay, I feel like I got this. And then something else, the universe bring, brings you something else to learn. And you're like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm not ready for that. Can't I just have like two weeks of bliss where I feel completely in charge? Um, but we are always learning. And I love that you're able to um, tune into your body and to slow right down. So I'll take that as absolutely being badass, giving yourself permission to just slow right down and ask yourself what you, know, what you need. Um, I'm curious, and I'm sure that our listeners are curious too, What's on the horizon for you? Is there anything coming up? You, you just finished that great masterclass on procrastination. What else can we expect coming up from you? Um, well, I'm going to be offering a masterclass probably about every six weeks because I think it's really important just to, to be out there, meet people, support people any way that I can. So I do love doing those. Uh, I just opened the doors to a group coaching program called Elevate. So it's a six-month group coaching program. It starts second week of July, and that is for 10 women. So I have, few, I have nine spots left because we just opened the door. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and I still do my one-to-one -one coaching. And uh, I love that as well. I have a client who is taking a break. So I've got a spot that just opened up. So I'm excited to be sharing that with the people. And um, my husband and I are embarking on a journey, uh, creating sort of like a retreat center place. It's called Spruce Tips, your getaway from the everyday. And basically we have bunkies and yurts in our 23 acres of woods. And you can come out and spend the night in nature. It's completely off grid. And um, we're happy to bring people out because we know the importance of reconnecting to ourselves in nature and how healing it is. I'm sorry, I don't know what a yurt is. It is, it's like a tent, but you can stand up. It's like a really cute, it's a really big tent. So they're on wood platforms um, and they're canvas. So it's a canvas tent and we've got furniture in it, like a little love seat. And yeah, so they're all done up with rugs and tables and so you can actually be in it if it's raining and it's not like you're crunched in a little tent so it's a much bigger tent and when do you think when is the planned opening of of this uh should be next week we should be uh, everything's up and ready to go we're just working through some business pieces that yeah 
That is exciting. <clears throat> That's so exciting. So just to recap, and I still, I actually do have another question for you. From a young age, you were a caregiver and you shared that your father had MS, your mom had schizophrenia, has schizophrenia. When you think back to that time, when you, when you think of, and you've done inner child work. So when you see yourself as that little girl, what would you say to her today if you could have traveled back in time? Uh, I would probably, I would, I would, I have said that she is safe and that I don't need to pick up everybody else's messes, right? Like that I get to just be and to play is that was one thing I didn't do as a child was play because I took that role on at such a young age. So I'm learning to play now. So I would tell that little girl, go out and play, be playful, have fun, be with your friends. So good. So what do you do for play today as an adult? Uh, well, I took line dancing. I signed up and I did line dancing this year because I committed to, to playing and, uh, I play a lot outside, like with my dogs in the woods. My husband is a character, if you've ever seen him on social media. Um, and so we we love to just to be silly together, which is really fun. And uh, and just sort of share that with the world of how you can just, you know, play with that inner child and, and not worry. I think dance like nobody's watching, I think, is what we try to do around here. Oh, so good. So good. You know, having fun, honestly, it's a it's an art form. And many of us have forgotten how to have fun because we're so busy paying the bills and and fretting and worrying and you know, doing, going, going, going. Um, I would love to know what is a fun activity that you would like to do that you haven't yet tried. Is there anything that you guys have thought about and it's on your bucket list of fun? Just let's have a little bit of levity right now. Bucket list of fun. Um, well, I really want to learn to play guitar. Okay. My husband bought me a guitar. It is here and I really want to learn how to play guitar. So that is on my bucket list. I'm going to learn how to play guitar. Love it. Love it. Anything else? Uh, trying to think, what do I think would be really fun? Adam, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I know. I know. And I'm like, oh, this is a good question. Um, because sometimes you get stuck in the, the idea of what you need to be doing and not just that explore exploration of what could be a lot of fun. I think that while I really, really want to travel to India and I want to go on like a three week tour and just really immerse myself in that, the cultures and see the temples. I'm so intrigued by all of the temples that I think that would be a lot of fun, inspiring and just like take my whole journey to a new level. Uh, I'm sure it would. I think, I know when I talk to, when I work with my clients and the work I've done on my own, I thought that I was a great daydreamer, but I really wasn't. In so much as when I was daydreaming, it was sort of, um, I don't want to say they were average daydreams, but I daydreamed about just making ends meet. <laughs> like they were, there wasn't, it wasn't dreaming, dreaming. It wasn't, anything big and, and mystical and magical. And I, I had to work at that. So I love that you brought it up because the truth is so many of us have forgotten how to dream. You know, you ask a kid for the most part, what they want to be when they grow up and they're like, Oh, 
I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, their dreams are amazingly magnificent and they're so innocent and, and powerful. As we get older, though, so many of us have forgotten to do that. It's one of the things that I do with my clients is, so what do you want? What do you mean? What do you want? I just want to smile, right? I just want to get out of bed every day. And that's a good place to start, but it can be a lot of fun to give yourself permission to dream big. Cause what I'm learning is that you can't get it. If you don't ask for it, you know, it can't come into your, <clears throat> can't come into your life. If, if you haven't thought of it first, cause I really do believe that everything starts first in your thoughts and then with, and then it becomes, you know, real. Um, I love that guys. Let's keep, let's keep this in mind that one day we're going to have Misty back on the podcast and she's going to play the guitar for us and regain stories of her trip to India. I love it. So just to recap, my friend, you realize through a lot of work as an adult that all your life you had adopted this persona, this need to be the fixer. But at age 30, that all came to a crashing halt when you became very ill with rheumatoid arthritis. How are you today health-wise? I am amazing. I am off all my medications. I have not been medicated since like 2000 and. 15 or 16, I've not taken any medications for my arthritis. I have some little flares, but it's then I know what I need to do. It's like I'm pushing. So I'm really attuned to my body. I'm really attuned to what I need and I offer it and I give it to me. Like that's it. That needs to slow it all down. I slow it all down and, and reset. So I am doing health-wise amazing and stress levels are way down, even being an entrepreneur, even having to do like, cause it's a lot of work. It's not easy. Um, but it's, I do what I love, like what I am passionate about. And I think that makes all the difference, um, to keep me on that even keel. And there's ups and downs, like everything in life. Um, but because I'm doing something that's so full of purpose and so aligned with my values that it's just, it, it doesn't feel like work. I'll be honest. Yeah. So, so beautiful. So if anybody listening wants to connect with Misty, just know that you check out the show notes because I'm going to drop all of the best ways to connect with her in the show notes. Um, Misty, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about either your journey or the work that you're doing today that you haven't already shared with us? No, I think that you, this was amazing. This was so much fun. I'm so grateful to have been able to do this with you Mahara and I love the work that you're doing and and really encouraging women to just show up as their badass selves thank you you are so welcome you're so welcome well everyone thanks for joining us today on this episode of the art of badassery I hope you have an amazing week and we will see you next week take care Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you. Thank you.